0: A blessed, blessed, wonderful new day, uh, friend, wherever you're picking a message from. We have yet another opportunity to come before the Lord, uh, to give him honor, to give him glory. And uh, uh, this is a wonderful thing. My name is uh, Reverend David Kagwa. that is reaching you with the message of Christ to the Church of Christ without uh, borders. a uh, Friend, let us have a brief word of uh, prayer and then we shall go on. Father, we bless you and we love you for loving us and we love you for being who you are. We love you for your power, your magnificence, your grace, and your care towards our lives, your King of glory. Lord, we pray that you continue strengthening us even as we go through this world of challenges and changes. I pray that you'll uh, be exalted, my King of glory, in every way and in everything that you do. Uh, Be highly glorified, Lord, even as you continue to teach us about fasting, especially the power that it releases in our lives. Oftentimes, we've made mistakes of exalting ourselves because of the power that we get through prayer and because of the privileges that we've given us O King of glory and our gifts, using them, Lord, to exalt ourselves over others and to put others down. But I want to pray that even as we learn about fasting this time, we get to understand that the power that you release unto us through prayer and fasting is meant to exalt you, us as seekers, and to serve others. Bless you, King of Majesty. In Jesus' my name, I have prayed and believed. Amen, amen, amen. Um, uh, a blessed, blessed, wonderful day, friend. And uh, we are back again, um, uh, yet again, to look at uh, what the Lord has for us uh, today. Today, we want to look at uh, all these days we've been looking at uh, fasting because um, it is important for us to get to understand it um, in this proper perspective since there are many questions that people often ask about uh, this particular subject. How should it be done? And I mean, how many times and things of that nature. So today we are looking at the power of fasting. Now, there are so many things that could have said in this direction, but I've chosen to just do four comprehensive um, things here that are going to summarize the power of fasting. Our um, passage of focus, or the very first one, because we are going to do four independent um, verses, the very first is taken from it's a very common one is taken from Matthew uh, chapter 17 uh, verse 21 being common doesn't mean it is easily understood and that is what we want to do uh this morning Uh the word of the Lord says here in Matthew um 17:21 and if you have NIV I'm very sure you're not going to find uh, that particular verse, there, uh, I'm so certain you'll find it in a uh, uh, you you'll find it in the footnotes. But um, you can alternatively use Mark chapter nine and verse twenty nine, and I'll be explaining the reason. Oh, I've done that uh, before. Mark nine twenty twenty nine will give you what other versions like NASB uh, can give you uh, in uh, that particular regard. Uh, Mark 9, 29, or Matthew 17, 21, uh, says, he replied, this kind can come out only by prayer, or this kind cannot go without prayer and fasting. Uh, that is what you find in New American Standard. Now, friends, the very first thing that we see, or the very first power that is released by fasting is um, is what you could call um, the, the, um that fasting equips the believer to fight in spiritual warfare or fasting um releases power to engage in spiritual warfare that is the very first benefit that fasting uh, does in our lives now when i speak of power what do i mean when you basically speak of power in physics we are speaking of uh, uh, you know the rate of doing work or the ability to release energy when you speak of power in terms of um uh, you know physical activity you're speaking of the ability to control and do things um uh, theologically speaking power could be said when Paul speaks of uh, the gospel not shaming him and being the power of God to save in Romans 1:17 the word that he uses to interpret uh that that, that particular word is what we we use to derive the uh the word dynamite in english uh the, the name of the word in a uh, Uh, Latin initially, and Greek is dunamis, which means extraordinary power usually that is associated with an explosion. Actually, my last bone is called dunamis, and that is where I derive that particular word. So the power that we are speaking about here in this regard is dunamis. It is that power that basically um, does the extraordinary and comes out of... um, you know, the divine intervention into our realm of the living. You see, that's basically what we are speaking about. But we get to find that when people receive this kind of power, oftentimes they're either going to exalt themselves or they'll end up demeaning others and looking down upon themselves. And so we want to understand this proper perspective. If you look at my world today, I've posted and I've said that power, or worldly power, um, exalts and exploits, but divine power that is released through fasting um, uh, glorifies the Lord, um, humbles the seeker, and serves others. What sort of power are you looking for? Most people are corrupted with the fact that when they receive this kind of power, they are going to be exalting themselves over others and putting others down. I want to assure you, friend, that that is not what the Lord is looking for. Now, in the perspective or context of this particular scripture, in Matthew chapter 17, uh, you've gotten to pick it uh, straight from verse Fourteen. There was a man that had a sick child that was basically attacked or tormented uh, by seizures. You can also call it. Um, uh, you you can call it seizures in Uganda. That is what they call. Or that is what you could interpret in other uh, words in uh, English to mean epilepsy. You see. So this man carried his boy to uh, the disciples of Christ, and uh, they could not heal uh, the boy. And uh, after some time, he. He took him directly to Jesus. One day they were coming down from the mountain. You remember after the transgression in Matthew 17, and the man must have said, excuse me, gentlemen, I don't have a choice. You've not left me a choice. You can't heal my son, and yet he's not doing well. So I've chosen to take him uh, to the Savior or Master himself. Praise the Lord. So you you see that? That is what it is. That is what it basically is. Uh, That is what... It basically is. Now, when Jesus went to him, he actually starts by saying, you of little faith, how long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. And then he prayed for him, and the boy was delivered. After some time, the disciples of Christ went to him, and they said, why is it, why is it that we uh, could not heal him? That kind of thing, you see? And, and Jesus told them, because of your little faith, but above all, he tells them, uh, this kind of thing cannot go without prayer and fasting. What kind of thing? This kind of uh, casting out of demons and uh, this kind of dealing away with this uh, kind of attack—you cannot do it except with prayer and fasting. So, what Jesus actually means here is that fasting releases power in the life of, say, a minister for this kind of ministry. And uh, we've taught before that people often miss in understand this or misinterpret it to mean uh, that uh, everything cannot work out except with prayer and fasting. That is not what uh, Jesus meant. Jesus particularly meant uh, uh, spiritual warfare here. So, precisely, um, fasting releases power in spiritual warfare, but it is the sort of power that is meant to exalt the Lord, that is meant to humble you as a seeker that receives this kind of power, and is meant to serve others. For example, this kind of boy that was demoniac or that had been assaulted by this kind of thing. But what do we see in our generation? If you are anointed in that direction or if you receive that anointing by association or by the will of God for the moment, people exalt themselves. And then we begin thinking that we are different from others or we are special. You see, and this is what you see in church. As people exhort themselves and they go around putting others down and claiming they are the special man of God, which is not right. It shouldn't be done in that way. But um, basically, what um, happens here, or the point is that fasting releases power uh, for spiritual warfare. Secondly, fasting breaks mighty demonic and other bondages. It is a bondage breaker. It is a bondage breaker in a. Um, Esther, chapter 4, and verse 16, um, when we did that in types of fasting, you realize that this was able to break the bondage of death that was upon um, the lives of um, the Jews that were in Persia on, uh, at, at the doing and the working of a man called Haman. But when Esther and the Jews went into fasting and uh, the Lord was able to release them, look at what the Bible teaches in um, at, um in uh, Esther, chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says on the third day, Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the palace in front of the king's hall. The king was sitting on his royal throne in the hall facing the entrance. When um, he saw Queen Esther standing in the court, he was pleased with her and held out to her at the gold scepter that was in his hand. So Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter. Then the king asked, What is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? Even after to have the kingdom, it will be given to you. Now remember that a lot had been taken, and these people were, uh, were to be annihilated, were to be killed, completely annihilated, out of the kingdom of Persia. But they went into fasting, which you get to see from verse 15 to verse um, uh, 17 of Esther. Chapter 4. But we finally get to see that this sort of bondage was broken off their necks. Friend, this is a very powerful way to get into prayer. If you have things like court cases, you have issues like, you know, uh, family conflicts, and you guys are not connecting, this is a good thing uh, to pursue. It releases that kind of power, breaking those kind of bondages. Uh, You see, I remember one day I'd worked in a place and um, they had been, uh, I'd left and uh, I had actually gone for uh, you know some training somewhere and I had had a loan with my boss now before I, I, I leaving I'd, uh, i had occupied a, a, a significant position in the ministry and uh, I had a date I had a date with the um, the organisation and then one of my immediate bosses was wary of my presence or continued presence in the organisation and therefore Blackmailed me, went to my boss and said, you know, this young man is not going to pay that money. You see, he's gone. As if my boss didn't know that I had gone. I had actually gone. And we had talked and I was meant to do some supplies in the organization so that I could pay up this money. But then after this, this man said, I want to see you. I want to see you. And what I heard was that a plot had been crafted and that I was meant to be arrested or something of that nature. Friend, I went into prayer and fasting. And uh, even before the day, uh, the man called me, my boss called me, and he said, I want to see you. And uh, even when I prayed, I, I was like, oh, oh, I I, I, <laughs> I think this is going to be hard. When I got there, the man did not, <laughs> he did mention this a single bit. He was like, how are you surviving? I know you're into theological training. You're no longer working. I don't know how you're surviving. Now, I have a lot of work here. Uh, I know you have a date with us, but uh, I want you to come do some work. You can uh, uh, use it to pay a bit of the debt, and then um the rest of the, the money you'll use it for your welfare and upkeep of your family. What are you seeing the level at which um you know this um thing works? A uh, fasting releases that kind of power to get into these kind of situations. Thirdly, fasting equips you for ministry, it equips you for ministry. There is a power that it releases for ministry. Um, this is the sort of power that Jesus. I was able to uh, receive or get into uh, when he was uh, starting his ministry in Matthew chapter four, verse one to eleven. We see that the Lord himself was led into the wilderness um, for to be tempted. That's what the Bible teaches and was tempted by the evil one. But uh, the Bible basically says that when he had fasted day and night for 40 days, you see, Jesus got equipped uh, for ministry through fasting. There is a way that fasting, like we are going to see in our last um, point here, there is a way that fasting humbles you and makes you focus on the Lord and we're able to be equipped by Him. You're able to hear Him better. And as a result of that, when Jesus went out to do His ministry, He was well-directed and was able to encounter the devil and overcome him, even at the point of the cross. You remember when the devil attacked Him in the Garden of Gethsemane? It wasn't a very easy thing, but was able to overcome When I was going to be ordained as a minister. I remember that I set off time to pray and fast. I did not eat. But friend, I was prepared well. I remember that you were able in that kind of situation to discern the Lord, to hear Him well, to put upon your life, to see your personal weakness, to be directed by Him, to put upon the assignment that was before you, that was coming just before you. And the several ministries that we've kept doing Friends, when we set off time to pray and fast, you get to see that there is a difference in the way that you do ministry. You basically get to see that. I've been posted to very hard and complicated places. But when we've taken off time to pray with ministry teams in prayer and fasting, we've seen the extraordinary presence of God in church. Like like I have a team of intercessors that I often work with, that uh, we've prayed with, and you see God at work in amazing ways, touching his people, the Spirit of God at work, without you even striving. Friends, it's amazing. Try this. He releases that powerful ministry, but just like I told you, you've gotten to be a seeker that uh, is going to remain humble and seek to glorify the Lord and serve others. That is how it works. Finally, friends, fasting is a very powerful means of consecrating and setting yourself apart, consecrating, setting you apart, and humbling you. That is what fasting does. For me, this is one of the most important because it doesn't exalt, but it puts you down. Uh, you, you see that in Nehemiah, uh, it, it is all over. It is all over in First Samuel chapter seven and verse six, and um, in Nehemiah also, um, uh, ch- chapter seven, I think verse one. You get to see um, these people uh, repenting and, and and seeking the Lord, and, and seeking the Lord. Uh, for his intervention and um you know helping helping them in the way that they were doing ministry uh, in Ehemiah chapter 9 verse 1 the bible says on the 24th day of the same month the Israelites gathered together fasting and wearing sackcloth and putting dust on their heads those of uh, israelite descent had separated themselves from all the foreigners They stood in their places and confessed their sins and the sins of their ancestors. They stood where they were and read from the book of the law of the Lord and their God for a a quarter of the day and spent another quarter in confession and in worshiping the Lord their God, standing on the stairs of the Levites where Jeshua, Barney, Kadimel, and so on and so forth. These people were into a time of repentance before the Lord. You, you, You see that? And they took a time to pray and fast. Friends, personally, I've struggled with sin at some point in my life. But one thing that really, really helped me was fasting and setting off time to simply seek the Lord, not to get money, not to get a job, but to get right with God. Fasting is a very good thing when you're consecrating yourself unto the Lord, separating yourself unto the Lord. You want to hear God better. You want to be strengthened, straightened in your life. You know, maybe you're no longer walking the way that you used to walk or you want to hear God better. Fasting as a way that it humbles you as a person. Let me tell you, when you're full of food, you've eaten food and you're full of energy, you you feel in control, you know. You're you're speaking and saying this, you're all over, you're in these crowds, but oftentimes if you're um, consecrating yourself unto the Lord and separating yourself and humbling yourself before the Lord, you're away and you're isolating yourself, you get to hear God better, you you submit yourself better to the Lord, you get to hear Him better, He directs you better, and the result is going to be um, a wonderful humbling experience in your life, which draws you closer to the Lord better than anything else. Basically, I'm sharing with you my personal experience and also that of Scripture. May the Lord bless you. Today, that is what we had as power. Friends, I want to warn and caution you, forget this thing of, of, of people saying, I'm going to the mountain. I want to seek power. I, I mean, you can go to the prayer mountain. It is okay. You can seek power for ministry. But oftentimes, people of that nature end up exalting themselves when something of divine magnificence and miracles happenings um, take place in their lives, they sort to exalt themselves and take credit for what God is doing in their lives. But oftentimes when you start by consecrating yourself and seeking the Lord, you know, you get humbled and you get to know that these are things that God is accomplishing in your life on his own for his glory uh, in your life. May the Lord bless you, even as you ponder upon this message. God bless you.